0: Hello, and welcome to the family at World Harvest Outreach. You can put John 17 up when you're ready. Good morning. Good morning, Mark. How are you all doing? Great. Are we okay? Yeah. Like for real? Yeah. Yeah, June? You look very nice again today, Mark. Thank you, Jason. Love is blind. (laughs) (laughs) So I want to... Do something kind of different today. I want to take us through John 17, which is the high priestly prayer of Jesus right before he goes through his passion, through his suffering, through the sham trial, and then into the crucifixion. Right before that, he talks to the Father in front of the disciples. And it's, it's a pivotal chapter in the Bible uh, it, it can speak so many different ways to us and today I want to I analyze it and I want to kind of do it like school today. In honor of the beginning of school, we're, you're all going to be students today. So I'll think back to, let me see what grade would be a good grade to do this. Sixth grade. Gabe, I know it's really far back there for you, but can you remember back to sixth grade? Okay, try that. And I'm going to go through John 17 with you. And then we're going to look at each verse and we're going to determine if it's manifest, measure, or multiply. And you are going to be amazed how much this chapter alone has all three of those in it. Okay? So we're going to do this together. Before we do that, I want to go over really quickly what those three words mean and why we're focusing on those this year. Can we talk about manifest for a minute? What does it mean to manifest? How many people used to think of that term and think of it negatively? He manifested. Anybody? Yeah. Like if if someone manifested to you and someone told you, hey, that person manifested to me, what do you think they're talking about? (laughs) Oh, come on. Like something bad, right? Like they got frustrated and just said whatever they were thinking and it wasn't good. The reality is manifest means to take that which is hidden. It exists, but it's hidden, and you make it known. You bring it from the darkness into the light. Now, the problem is a lot of us are hiding, and inside of our darkness is some pretty ugly stuff, and that's why the term manifest can sometimes mean something ugly. But the reality is there is so much God has put on the inside of every one of you, and you get to spend the rest of your life manifesting everything God hid on the inside of you. Like your Father sees all of you, each one of you, whether you see yourselves or not, as treasure chests. And the Holy Spirit, the Father's Spirit, is inside of you working all the time to bring forth everything that's inside that he hid there. That is the real reason why the Holy Spirit no longer just comes on people and then pops off. God's like, no, there's too much incredible stuff on the inside of every one of these people. The Holy Spirit needs to get inside of Sherlyn to make sure everything inside of her God put in there comes out. That's the point of the Holy Spirit. You guys good? So to manifest means to bring forth everything God intended from you, in you, out into the world. That's how heaven comes to earth. Let your kingdom come, let your will be done on earth earth as it is in heaven. It doesn't shower down from the clouds when you pray really hard or feel goosebumps in worship. It comes from within us. That's how the kingdom comes. That's how heaven comes. And if you just want to know some of the things Mark believes, I actually believe that's how Jesus' return takes place. I don't believe he's going to come out of the sky one day. I believe he's going to come manifesting through his people. That's why I think this is such an important thing to focus on. Okay? So, then to measure means to honestly appraise your life. To look at your life and honestly say, this is what's happening inside of me. This is what's happening coming forth from me. And you measure it. I can go into a house and a lot of people ask us to come and do measurements to give them quotes and things like that and I'll measure rooms or I'll measure houses or I'll measure square footages and if I tell them a measurement that isn't accurate, I'm not doing my job properly. I'm either going to rip somebody off or I'm going to rip myself off if I measure too small, right? So, and it's the exact same way with our lives and I think As a whole, humans can be really good about lying to ourselves about what's actually coming out of us and what's happening inside of us. I don't think we're really good at measuring who we are and what's happening in us and through us. And I'll tell you the reason why we're not really good at it. We don't want to know. Hello? It's easier to just not pay attention to it. It's easier just to be involved or just get caught up in whatever's going on around you. But man, to measure your life means that you pause, you look in the mirror, you look inside yourself, you stand in the presence of the Lord, and you say, Lord, examine me. And one of the writers of the New Testament actually says, examine yourselves. So I actually think it is a completely logical and spiritual practice to consistently measure what's coming out of your life. And when you do that, then you can be, you can say to yourself, okay, these are the areas, man, we are, we're hitting home runs pretty regularly, and these are areas where I just can't hit that ball. No matter what I do, I can't hit it. And then you honestly ask the Lord to be involved in those processes, okay? So measurement is to accurately and honestly appraise your life and know what's going on. Like, if you can measure and you can know what's going on. And here's the thing. I actually think every one of you are measuring all the time. You just don't want to look at the results. We're looking. It's there. We're just like, I don't want to look at it. So we just kind of put it over here. And we just ugh. Intentional sons and daughters of the Father look at their lives and are honest about it. Okay, I think that's the one that we don't want to talk about the most. I can just feel it in the room. Like Measuring is not something we like to do. Especially in church. Church is just all about God's grace, God's mercy, hallelujah. His his love covers a multitude of all kinds of stuff, right? But man, sons and daughters don't want to just live off of mercy. Hello? Sons and daughters say, you know what? It's not good enough to just get another one covered. I want to actually step out of that practice, step out of that pattern, step out of these things that have not been healthy for me into something better. And I, with Holy Spirit's help, want to do that with him. Yeah. That's sonship. I think that's why we're here. Yeah. Finally, multiply. Once we start having regular, consistent success in areas of our life where we know God is manifesting everything he put on the inside of us, his nature, his character, then we say, I want to see that grow. I want to see that multiply. And there are going to be areas of your life that you multiply faster and better and more healthily than other areas. Focus on that. We talked about that at the beginning of the year. I actually think your father focuses on the incredible things in your life. I think that's where he's looking. He is not looking under all the rocks. I know you think he is because you think that's the kind of God he is. But in reality, he's a God that just wants to constantly cheer with you in your successes. And we minimize our successes because we're really frustrated with our failures. And you have a good father who's just like all the time like, I mean, and this is going to sound crazy, but like, I remember Jocelyn telling stories about her dad at sporting events. Everybody ever hear stories about her dad at sporting events? He was the guy that would bring drums and dress up. He'd be the guy you would see at the football game in all kinds of different outfits. That's, that's God. Like, that is your father. He is the crazy dude in the stands that even when it's not a great play, he still acts like it was. Because he knows even a little success is better than right not trying at all that's your father and he wants every one of those little tiny seeds to have more seeds that's your dad that's your god and he is in your corner all the time and when you come back to that corner bloodied because that's a boxing analogy right you come back bloodied you come back i cannot go out again and you've got a guy that says yes you can yes you can, yes, you can. Yes, you can. And he's doctoring up your face, and he's giving you spraying water in your face, and he said, get back out there. Because he knows you can do it. He knows what's inside of you. Your father knows what's on the inside of you. And if you woke up this morning, he believes in you. Hallelujah. I can see like seven of you believe that. It's awesome. I'll take that seven, and we're going to multiply today. All right. So... That's what I believe, manifest, measure, and multiply. Personally, I think it's the most important thing the church should be talking about. I really do. I think we're talking about other stuff that doesn't matter. I think we need to talk about this. So, one other thing I want to talk about. In John 17, we see Jesus talking to the Father. Okay? I want you to know from the very beginning of this, I believe Jesus is the Father. I don't believe that these are two different spiritual beings having a conversation. I don't believe it's God praying, sorry, Jesus praying to God. This is what I believe about all of these times where you see Jesus talking to the Father. Jesus is on the earth and he is attempting two things at the exact same time. He is attempting to be the full and complete representation of God on the earth. He is so desiring that everybody know who God is, that he shows up in human flesh. Yeah. That is one of two equally important missions that Jesus is accomplishing while God is in the flesh in the name of Jesus. First one. Second one is demonstrating full humanity. Jesus, as God in the flesh, as Jesus, is demonstrating what the full potential of human existence is. So, here's Jesus. Also, at the exact same time he's trying to fully present who God is, he's also trying to fully present who you and I can be. These are t- That's why he's called Son of God and Son of Man. Those two things exist simultaneously in the person of Jesus. So, when Jesus is praying in John 17 and talking to the Father, he is presenting to us how we can pray and communicate and have relationship with the father. You guys okay? Yeah. Whether or not you agree with that, it's cool. I just want you to sit there and know from the perspective of this guy standing here, there's where I'm coming from today. Okay? Yeah. Jesus is God in the flesh because he wants to be known. Yeah. Jesus is also humanity fully expressed. Good? We yeah. okay? Yeah. All right, let's read together. So John 17, verse 1. So this is what's going to happen. As we read through this, you don't even have to raise your hand. This is that really cool sixth grade teacher class where you don't even have to raise your hand. You can just say stuff, and you won't get yelled at. Just, well, depends on what you say. But hopefully you say one of three words. What are they? Manifest, measure, or multiply. Guys, this is easy. It's M's. It's even 3M. Trademark, sorry. 3M trademark. You guys ready? Okay. Jesus spoke these things and lifting up his eyes to heaven, he said, Father, the hour... No, don't forget. What are you supposed to do at any point in time? Just shout out. Okay, ready? Jesus spoke these things and lifting up his eyes to heaven, he said, Father, the hour has come. Who said measure? Excellent. Yes. Don't be afraid of wrong answers here, okay? I'll only embarrass you slightly. Tell me why that's measure. Okay, time. What else? Yes. He actually sees that something took place in a specific time. Guys, that's measurement. Does anybody ever run a race, and at the end of it, you get a, a time. Jesus has run a race. And after 33 years, he's like, it's time. He has been measuring. He has been watching. And who has he been watching? You're going to find out later who he's been watching are his disciples. Okay. He, the Father said, I'm sorry, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son that the Son may glorify you. Who? Manifest. Absolutely. There's also something... Oh, go back, go back, go back. There's also something else in there. There is multiply. Someone tell me why it's manifest, first of all. You yelled that out. Go ahead. Brynn. In the, in the sun that may glorify you, that's that being God, God. Yep. So, to glorify means to manifest. It's a synonym. So, to glorify says... Jesus realizes that everything on the inside of him is the Father, and the Father, he asks the Father now, let it all out. And what's incredible about that, Jesus says, glorify me that I might glorify you. And where is he going next after this prayer? He's going to the cross. And most average You know, just logical Christians think this is the worst moment of Jesus' life, and as far as Jesus is concerned, this is the time where the full glorification happens. Isn't that incredible? Like, Jesus sees the cross at the time where the majority of the nature and character of the Father is exposed. That's powerful. We should talk about that more sometime. Okay, and then it's all to multiplication because, Kendall... he may glorify you. So in going to the cross, he's glorifying the Father. Right. The Father has already glorified the Son. Yep. So now there's this. Now, so back to Jesus being fully human. He's, it's literally a human being, the Son of Man, taking everything that the Father put on the inside of him, and he says, now it's time to let it all out. That's the multiplication that takes place. Powerful. Next verse. Even as you gave him authority over all flesh that to all whom you have given him he may give eternal life awkward silence so life increases thus for to multiplication to all whom you have given him he may give eternal life, guys. That is the seed falling into the ground. He says, "Unless a seed fall into the ground and die, it cannot bring forth a harvest." That's what he's talking about here. Okay, let's keep going. Verse three. What? Sorry, go ahead. I mean, you could go measure with that first portion about authority in the world you right? Like you could actually break it down to measuring the first part. Right. You can. Absolutely. Keep it going. Verse three. This is eternal life that they may know you. The only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Come on. You not seeing it? Absolutely. Yep. No, you shouldn't. Just wait. Let the pause happen and then say it. This is the eternal life that they may know you manifesting this eternal life from the inside. I also see measurement in there that they may know you. This is Jesus looking around and looking for them to it's like have the light bulbs go off. You know there's different moments throughout the three years that Jesus was with the disciples that they were having some really like dumb moments where like he's talking about the leaven of the Pharisees and they think what? He's talking about bread. And Jesus actually kind of gets on their case. He's just like, guys, seriously? I am not talking about bread here. But in that moment, they learned. So we can look at that and think the disciples were showing stupidity, but in the reality, Jesus is seeing they're learning. They're growing. There's a manifestation of the nature and qualities of Jesus coming through and being multiplied in the disciples. Okay, the one and only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I see both measure and multiply there. Okay, we're just gonna keep going because I I wanna do something really cool here at the end. Verse four, I glorified you on the earth. There you go. By the way, there's another one there. Yes, there's measure there. Yes, I did it. Like, guys, if there's one thing that you see in Jesus showing us the perfect human existence is that it is okay and absolutely appropriate for you to stand up and say, I'm doing what God created me to do. Like, there have to be moments in your life where you take that stand in the revelation, I just manifested my Father, and I need to declare it. That's what Jesus is doing. And it's not arrogant, it's not bragging, it is a declaration I am God's son. I am God's daughter. And in that moment, I just heard my father's voice through my life. That is good. That is healthy. And Jesus demonstrates that here. What verse are we on? Four. Having accomplished the work which you have given me to do. Again, it's measure. Do you know? And this is a rhetorical question, but I want you to think seriously about it. Do you know the work you were given to do by the Father. I believe a son or daughter knows it. Intentional sons and daughters, ones who are not just casually going about life, living off of the next merciful handout from the Lord. Intentional sons and daughters know why they exist. Now, the question is, how do you know? Anybody? Anybody asking that question? How do you know what it is? Well, a couple weeks ago, Ben gave us a really good message on how to hear the Father. How to hear the Lord. How to walk out these things that the Lord is talking to us about. I want to tell you, you can know the work that you were given to do. You know why you exist. It's in there. And I believe intentional sons and daughters find it out. Okay. Five. Now, Father, glorify me together with yourself. Yep, manifest and multiply with the glory which I had with you before the world was. That's all manifest and multiply, right? God, everything that was on the inside of me back before any of this started, back before Genesis 1, back when we were just dreaming about what this could be, now is the time for it to be manifested and to be multiplied through these incredible people you've given me. Six, I have... There's a cheat code right there for you guys. I mean, the word's literally there. I have manifested your name to the men whom you have given me out of the world. All right, I'll say it again. I have manifested your name to the men whom you have given me out of the world. Multiply. Absolutely. Here's another question. Not only do you know the work that you've been given to do, but do you know the people you've been given? I think that is a really important thing for you to think about. Every single one of us have been given people. I also want to sit here for a minute. Now, if you're a mom or a dad, that's kind of low-hanging fruit. Okay, You've at least got those. You know they've been given to you because they show up every day and are hungry. <laughs> but can I tell you, there are other people showing up every day in your life, and they are hungry. And they are yours. And I don't say that from an ownership perspective. I say that from a heart and love perspective. They are yours. And a son or a daughter knows who the father gave to you. They were yours and you gave them to me. I can't think of a more humble, like a humbling thought is to realize that the Father has given you some of his children to steward, to manifest yourself in front of, to bring that which is on the inside of you out that they might see and experience the fullness of who God is in and through you. Teachers, tomorrow you're going to walk into a room full of kids that were given to... There will be some that you wish were not. Even some parents have at moments thought the same thing. The reality is, too bad. Jesus got a Judas. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, I wasn't done, but go ahead. Shout it out. like, yep. how am
1: I stewarding this? I'm measuring what
0: I've done with these ones that I've So not only do we need to know who God's been given, who God has given to us, but then we have to actually watch their lives, see what's going on through their lives. You actually get to measure how you're multiplying through the people God has given you. They might be little ones, they might be big ones. I even believe that you have older people than you that God has given to you. Like my mom listens to this a lot. So I'm saying this and I know mom might already be listening or she's gonna listen. I believe that at some point in time, it switched from mom being given Mark to Mark being given mom. And now I steward my mom. How many people can say the same thing? Yeah. And it is healthy and it is accurate, and it is beautiful. Hello? I want you to know that there are people in your life who might be older in physical age than you, but they have been given to you to manifest the nature and qualities of the Father. They need it. It can always be both ways. But now, you know, but you get to a point in your own life where it's not just about you giving to your children anymore. You then have to realize, oh, my goodness, my children are now giving back to me. And there's that beautiful exchange then that takes takes place. Are you trying to say that we don't have, at some point in time, we still have to keep giving to you? Uh Uh-huh. You know it was my kid of all the kids, right? (laughs) She's like, don't stop giving, Dad, don't stop giving so we're on anybody else see anything else in six we basically saw all three there right we saw manifest obviously we saw measure and multiply there seven now they have come to know that everything you have given me is from you now what else they have come to know really important. Jesus is looking around at the people God gave him, and he's like, they're getting it. They're starting to hear. They're starting to see. Like, I know he had a major, like, little success party going on the inside of him when he heard Peter say, you're, you're the son of the living God. Like, we get it. Jesus is probably just like, oh, like his skirt probably rode up a little bit on that one. Like, he was really excited about that revelation. He's like, they know. They see, they hear. And here's the beautiful part about Jesus seeing that they've come to know me and you who have sent me. It's like he also knows all of their frailties and all of the things that they're struggling with that they're having to fight through to get to the place of actually seeing that Jesus is God. Like, this is the first group of people that get presented with this revelation. You and I are 2,000 years down the road, but a little bit easier. These are the first guys growing up in the the height of the Jewish culture. Imagine what they have to fight through. All of the, because they're walking through Jerusalem or any other city and probably hearing all the rumors about how Jesus is a false prophet and a heretic, and they know that they've got to fight through all that, and in that moment, when he hears them say, One specific one. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. It's a powerful moment for Jesus. Now they have come to know that everything you have given me is from you. Measure and manifest because Jesus realizes that he has manifested enough that they're starting to see it. Eight. For the words which you gave me, I have given them. Okay, I heard multiply, what else? Measure, Measure, because he's realizing that they've gotten it. There's also, there's manifest, because you gave me the words, I turned around and poured them back out. Guys, in one sentence, all three. Powerful, look at that again. The words, where am I, eight, yeah. The words which you gave me, I have given to them. He manifested those words, he measured them because he knew what he gave them, and then he multiplied it because They saw it. They heard it. They experienced it on the inside of them. And they received them and truly understood that I came forth from you and they believed you sent me. Guys, we're still in class. Keep going. All of them. They're all there again. Okay. Nine. I ask on their behalf. I do not ask on behalf of the world but of those you have given me for they are yours. Definitely measure. What else is there? Multiply. Multiply. Absolutely. Okay. Sir? Ben says, why measure? Who said measure? I'm putting you on the spot. Go ahead. Thus forward, he could then uh, give it all. Okay, so he realizes, like he was analyzing what he had been given, like that work he was called to do, and he knew that then, I do not ask on behalf of those but those who have given me, then he turned around and gave it to those who have been given to him. Yes, but you're doing a measurement and doing the analyzing of what's what been given to him. him. Got it. Did you hear that? Yes. Did you want to see more? Yeah. Yep. And that is a measurement. Like, this is, you talk about who are mine? Mm-hmm. Are my people? Mm-hmm. What is my, what's the thing? Yeah. And to embrace that responsibility, which we should, like a son is embracing responsibility, that's a measurement of your capacity. Correct. So that when you would say that, I ask on their behalf, you're taking on that. that mm-hmm. so. Yeah. So, like, knowing what you have on the inside of you that came from the father is healthy. That's why I've, you know, there's a tendency among human, just in human nature, to think about all the things that are not good about yourself, but a healthy son or daughter has a really good understanding of their value, has a really good understanding, these are the gifts and the good qualities that are in my life, and I have to make sure that those things get to as many people as God gave me. That's a good measurement, and that's healthy. I think it's been bad teaching that humble yourself means to not think of yourself highly. That's not humility, that's false humility. Real humility is to realize that everything that's incredible about you has been given to you, right? It's been given to you freely by a loving good father. That's real humility. All right, we're on 10. All the things that are mine are yours, and yours are mine. Measure, right? It's that analysis of everything that's been given to him has come from God the Father. And I have been glorified in them. Manifest and multiply. Both. Very good. Okay, we're moving faster now, 11, because you guys should be getting this now. I am no longer in the world and yet they themselves are in the world and I come to you. Say it louder. I heard heard all three. (laughs) I'm no longer in the world. He actually knows where he is. He knows he's already transitioning from the responsibilities that are fully natural into more spiritual. He's measuring. Yet they themselves are in the world measuring again and I come to you. Holy Father, keep them in your name. The name which you have given me, measure, that they may be one even as we are one. Multiply. You starting to see it? This is throughout. I'm going to do one more together. I I did the first 12 in my analysis, but then we're going to keep going. While I was with them, I was keeping them in your name. Anybody? measure Measure and multiply. Absolutely. Which you have given me. There's a manifestation there. He realizes, and he's also measuring. He knows what's been given to him, and he begins to manifest it because that's how he was keeping them. He was keeping them by giving them the Father's gifts on the inside of them. And I guarded them, and not one of them perished, but the son of perdition measure. He kept them. He didn't lose any of them so that the scripture might be fulfilled. Even in Judas's betrayal, there was a manifestation of the will of God. That's manifest. Right? Okay. So that's all I have in my notes, but I want to just keep going just a little bit longer. Let's do this together now. 13. But now I come to you. And these things I speak in the world so that they may have my joy made full in themselves. Okay, that's all of them. There's manifestation. These things I speak in the world so that they may have my joy and made full measure in themselves. Multiply. Guys, you're going to see this throughout. I have given them your word. Manifest and measure. He's got to know what he gave them. There's a measurement that goes on there. And the world has hated them because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I see manifest there. I see him realizing that they're starting to manifest the same nature and character that I'm manifesting, and that's the very thing that's taking me to the cross. And if you guys remember, after he dies a sacrificial death. How many of them die a sacrificial death as well? Every one of them are martyred for this. Keep going. 15. I do not ask you take them out of the world, but to keep them from the evil one. All right, we're moving fast now. Okay. Thank you, Angie. They are not of the world. That's measure. In fact, guys, that's a big one. If you want to like, truly appraise your life, look at everything in your life, and I'm willing to bet, if you're honest, you can tell yourself the source. Words, thoughts, beliefs, attitudes, whatever is currently manifesting from you, if you look at each one of those singularly and ask honestly in the presence of the Lord, what's the source of that? You'll be able to say, Spirit of my Father, Spirit of this world. You'll be able to. Yep. Okay? We're just going to go one or two more verses. Sanctify them in your in the truth. Your word is truth. What do you see? Measure. measure. Where do you see measure? Because uh, it's the foundation. In truth is the foundation. It mm-hmm. means taking it as a foundational statement. He's actually kind of saying, this is the truth, okay? There's many other things that have been called truth, but you need to measure what is truth. There's an analysis, there's an appraisal that goes on. Guys, if there's one thing in 2023 that I think is consistently in conflict is what is truth? What is actually truth? And he says, sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. Let's just pause for a second. When Jesus says your word is truth, what's the word? Jesus. See, this is really key because this is something else that I think we have a tendency to kind of focus on. What is truth? We start thinking about like what's absolute truth. Like what is, and we start thinking about like these little nuggets or these little snippets of, okay, uh, name something. What's an absolute truth that you've heard people try to like stake their claim on? Gravity. Okay, we went natural there real quick, but that's true. Yeah, like gravity is a truth. But as soon as you leave the atmosphere, is that true anymore? Not necessarily. <laughs> it's a different kind, right? We can get real scientific here. The point is, almost all the things that we would call absolute truth or truth is always based, is relatively. It's so always based on some kind of circumstance, whether it's our past, whether it's something that happened to us, or whether it's a current influence in the earth. And that's why I believe this verse 17, the only thing that can truly sanctify people is Jesus. I think Jesus in John 17, 17, establishes once and for all, I'm the truth. Remember he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Okay time is it? 15 minutes. This is what I want to do. I wanted to do the rest of John 17, but didn't quite have the time. For the next 15 minutes, I want you to do this with 2023 so far. Your 2023. We've had how many months in 2023? Eight. Okay? So we're two-thirds of the way through. Am I math right? two-thirds of the way through 2023, you have a story already happening in 2023. I'm willing to bet if you paused and like honestly and accurately looked at your life, you could call out manifest, measure, and multiply right now just by looking at this year, okay? So... Uh, I th- there's two different ways I saw this happening. Okay, this is how I want to do it. I want you to get with somebody, okay? We're going to do a little interactive thing here. I want you to get with another person. So pair up. I know this is, not, this is a little uncomfortable, so if you want to do it with your spouse, make it easy on you. You can do it with your spouse. Or if you want to really get brave, say, honey, you and I, we're going to go someplace else to talk to somebody else. Either way, I want you to find somebody, And this is what I simply want you to do. I want you to each take about five to seven minutes and start talking. And you might have to pause and think about 2023 because it takes a little bit. Start back at roughly the beginning of the year and just start to tell the story of you for the last eight months. And then the person that's listening, I want you to call out what? Manifest, measure, or multiply as that person's telling their story. Now, as much as possible, try to remember stuff that's going on. Try to remember what happened in that moment. Try to remember how people responded. Try to think about what you were thinking and feeling and experiencing there. And here's the the thing. Some of you are going to sit there and look at that other person and hardly be able to say anything that happened in 2023 through you. And I want you to even see that as a learning moment for you. Because in that moment, you're going to realize you are being way too casual about yourself. I believe this. Intentional people, when you are intentional and you're making intentional decisions and then you're putting action behind those intentional decisions, those are memorials. And you can look back on those moments and you can repeat them to people. But if you're casual, and you're just kind of floating through life like plankton on the surface of the water, then I'm telling you, it's really hard to remember that stuff because you're not having any intention. There's no actual emotional, logical, spiritual energy being attached to the things that you're thinking, feeling, and doing. That is a wake-up call for you. But if you can, that means you're involved, and you're invested, and you're intentional and deliberate about your life. Okay, you guys ready to do this? Yeah. For all of you that aren't, too bad. We're in school still, and I will call the principal. And then I'll go. And dawn will come. Okay, so everybody, just get with somebody else. Do that really quick. Find somebody. Thank you for working with me. This is great. And if it's, spouses are really good, because if it is spouses, you know, the other spouse might know a lot more about your life than you do. (laughs) And they'll tell you what's up. If you wanna do threes, I'm okay with threes. So I let the pressure off. If you wanna do threes, do threes. Come on, find somebody. Find somebody. I'm gonna give you 30 more seconds to find somebody, and then one of the people start telling their story. Come on, come on, come on. Find somebody, find somebody fast. All right, first person in the group. Start telling your story. Go. World Harvest Outreach is located in Chambersburg, Pennsylvania, but we have family around the world. To connect with us, visit us at whocenterpa.com.